That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. What's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I'm Shane Ramey. You're listening to that Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. Good to be back on the microphone again this week. Uh, if you're curious as to what this jam is, it's called Going Late off the Humans album, Going Late. Uh, big one there. One of my favorites. Be sure to check out Humans Music. Big love to those guys. Uh, today's message is titled Don't Worry, Be Content. It's okay to be happy. And we're going to dive into that in just a few minutes. I also have some emails I want to read. But before we do that, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can connect with us on Instagram at realthatsoberguy and on Twitter at Shane Raymer. Finding the right treatment for addiction and mental health illness can be tough. And that's why Sober Guys continue to partner with Foundation's Recovery Network. Uh, Foundation stays true to their mission. They have high ethical standards uh, while providing treatment in a nationwide network of residential and outpatient programs. Foundations has built the industry's leading research and outcomes program to fulfill each commitment to the patients, not only the patients, but their loved ones as well. Uh, to learn more, you can go to foundationshelp.com slash soberguy, or you can call 833-81-SOBER. That's 833-81-SOBER. You can talk with an admissions coordinator about treatment options. Uh, one more quick thing I want to mention. We have a course called How to Navigate the First 90 Days of Sobriety. Myself, a few doctors, a few friends of mine that are in recovery got together to share about our own first 90-day experience from 30 days to 60 to 90 and, and even beyond that uh, in, in some of the content as well. It's not a magic potion. It's not a quick fix, uh, but it does provide some good resources and it's got some great people in there from a professional standpoint and from uh, those of us in recovery who are just sharing what worked for us, what didn't work for us and uh, how we continue to, uh, to uh, do our best to stay sober. So uh, if you want to find out more about that, it's 25 bucks with the promo code half off. Uh, and you can go to that soberguide.com and you can click on courses. And uh, two, you know, I'll throw this out there too. If you're hard up for money and uh and and you just you're really looking for something to uh you know to to help out and you think this 90-day course might be something to kind of get you on your way, I'm I'm gonna say this first. It doesn't mean that, you know, you just you watch the course and then it's and then all of a sudden you're fixed and you're sober and whatever. It's really designed to assist in a recovery program, whatever whether it's twelve step or some sort of recovery based program that you're actively going out to. It's there to help support that. Um, it's not a quick fix, but if you're hard up for it and you really want to look into it, shoot me an email. Tell me what's up, uh, sobriety at that soberguide.com, and I can shoot you a promo code uh, for it so you can check it out for free. Um, okay. So I mentioned, I wanted to read some, uh, some 
uh, emails I had and some comments or whatever. So this first one comes from Ken and uh, Ken commented on YouTube. So I don't know how you watch the the podcast or listen to the podcast. Um, for me, most of my podcasts are either done on iTunes, uh, the iTunes app, or sometimes on Spotify. But man, we're also on YouTube, Stitcher. Just drop my pen cap there. Um, I mean, all any any podcast platform app pretty much you're gonna you're gonna find it on there well this one came from youtube and uh i like uh i like the message here he was talking about smartphone addiction this was episode 283 that we put out a couple weeks ago uh i want to say we like we like there's two of us i guess i'm weird like that and i have an alter ego which i know can come out sometimes um but we put it out (laughs) and uh, i guess i can say we right because it's kind of like me and god like god's first so if I'm, if I'm following and I'm doing things I need to do and I'm trusting in him and to, to just kind of lead the way, I can say we, right? I guess that makes sense when I put it in into perspective like that. But it was titled Smartphone Addiction, Why I Traded My Smartphone for a Flip Phone. And Ken says, I just, perch- I just purchased um, a Sonim XP3 or Sonim XP3. I have no clue what that is, uh, what kind of phone that is. But uh, he says to replace my iPhone, I'll keep you posted how it goes. Uh, so good stuff, man. I'm, I'm glad that I'm not the only one out there who upgraded to a flip phone just to try to disconnect from from some of the chaotic uh, tech digital world that, in my opinion, is designed to lock us into a matrix and reverse reality sometimes. Um, I'm very guilty of, of getting caught up in that. Uh, it's not the first time it's happened. And, and this time I said, you know what, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to get the flip phone back. And it's really been great just to 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 give you a quick update and Ken, please, like you said, you know, keep, keep us posted on how your thing's going. And if anyone else out there listening is, is doing that or trying it out, let us know how it's going too. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Like I'm still, I still can do all the same stuff except I can't, I've been pretty disconnected from the social media, which has been great. Um, I've checked Instagram a couple of times on my Mac, um, you know, just to see for messages from people from the show, Um, but other than that, I haven't really been on and I'm on LinkedIn too, because when the show publishes every Friday, it automatically goes out to LinkedIn, Twitter, um, and then all the podcast platforms too. So sometimes I get, I get the, um, you know, the, uh, the notifications on LinkedIn on my, on my Mac, but that's the thing. I have to actually sit down and go on my computer. I usually only do that. Um, you know, in the mornings and then maybe towards the end of my day or on a break or something when I'm, when I'm kind of messing around, I'm not, I don't have it connected at my hip all day long where I'm just constantly on it. Like a good example of that would be going, let's say I go into the bank or something. I got to deposit some, some money or take some money out or whatever it is that I'm doing in the, in the bank, right? I'm standing in line and I'm standing there with my head down, like a zombie scrolling through my phone right? Checking stuff. I just checked it 10 minutes ago when I was at the grocery store standing in line, but I'm still checking it. I'm not doing that stuff anymore. I'm not saying I'm better or worse or anything at all. I'm just stating the, you know, what's going on right now. And I didn't realize how much I was a zombie and locked into this digital space that really, really doesn't hold any value to me. (laughs) And when I really think about it, it's fake, you know? So like, to kind of exit that. And then now I, I kind of see it from this different perspective. Um, it's really made me aware of some of the, some of the patterns and some of the things that I was doing 
with the usage of my phone all the time. And, um, you know, so in any case, the experiment's gone, going okay. It's definitely different. Um, I can't text fast. So people text me, I text back like two words. It's like a pager. It takes 20 minutes to, to text, you know, a sentence. So I've been talking to people a lot more lately because if they text me, I'll just call them. You know, I know that's a big thing that nobody wants to talk to anybody. We don't, we don't want, you know, it's much easier to email or text or message or whatever. And, um, the art of communication, I've said it before is a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a dying art. I feel like, and it's nice to be able to, uh, to disconnect from that digital, um, yeah, I don't even know. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but there it is. So Ken, anyways, thanks for the comment. Keep us posted. Um, this next one comes from Eric. It says, thanks for your real life podcast approach to sobriety and recovery. I've learned it's a journey. And as much as I grow my sobriety, more and more, it makes sense. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Eric. Uh, Eric, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Um, I'm with you there. The more I grow, um, it, it tends to make a little more sense at the same time for me. It's like the more I grow, the less I know, you know, and, I, and that, that's something that is relieving for me because I really used to think that I needed to know everything and have everything figured out. And I'm still working through that you know, actively at the moment too. So don't be fooled. I'm not saying I, I got it figured out by any means, but, um, I would just think that I had to know everything. And like, now I don't, if I don't know something, if I have time, I'll go try to find out what it is or if it's something I need to do or get done, then I'll have to find out. But I don't beat myself up like I used to. Like, you should know that. Why don't you know that? You're stupid. You know, like you should have learned that a long time or whatever the, the case is, you know. There's a lot of freedom in that. I don't need to know. If someone asks me something I don't know, hey, I don't know. I can find out though for you. Much easier. So anyways, thanks, Eric. Uh, next one comes from Lee from Colorado. I started drinking when I was 17. It didn't become a problem until my late 20s and early 30s. Um, tried to quit many times. The longest was 10 months. That was about two years ago. Um, I'm currently working on 90 days of sobriety with help from AA online support groups and listening to the podcast such as yours, bro. So, so awesome, man. Congrats on 90 days. Uh, it, I don't know if that's hit yet or if it's coming up in a few days, but in any case, that's huge. Um, keep going. I chatted a couple times with, with Lee through email and stuff. So, um, love from Cali to, uh, to Colorado and, uh, much appreciated. And one thing I want to, I want to just point out here too, guys, for, for everybody listening and gals and ladies and men and people and human beings and aliens and whatever it is, whoever, whatever's listening, whatever you are, whatever you label yourself, what does he say? He's got almost 90 days, but with help from a 12-step group, with help from online support groups, with help from podcasts. Help. We can't do this stuff on our own. I know I can't do it on my own. So that's a big thing, man. We, we, we all need some help and there's nothing wrong with that. Just like there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. Nothing wrong with saying I need some help. And I need some support around me. I need some community around me. That's huge. So thanks again, Lee. Uh, Nick from Minnesota. This is the last one and then, and then we'll get to uh, today's content. This is my second time around getting sober. Quit drinking again on January 1st, 2019. Finally was able to ditch the weed again in July. That's a, that's a tough one for me. It was so easy to convince myself it wasn't a big deal smoking weed. Then you realize you're doing it morning, noon, and night every day, and you're planning your schedule around it. Totally feel you relate to that. Um, it's a big thing for me. Our motto was we don't get high, we stay high. So it was morning, noon, night, mow the lawn, do the dishes, go to work, um, whatever I'm doing. I'm always high 
just a normal way of life. And you finally realize one day you go, man, like, am I, I don't know. Do I just like being high? Do I, am I hiding from something? Am I numbing? And, and see, for me, I don't have anything against weed personally. I, I really don't. I think there's a lot of good beneficial um, things to, uh, to hemp, to CBD, um, you know, marijuana, eh, you know, different thing. I, I think that people can use it and in, in, as a tool to have a little fun, sometimes loosen up a little bit. I know it's been used in many cases to help people um, wean off of opiates and stuff. So I think there's some positive things to it. But if you're like me and you abuse things, I can't do weed because I don't get high, stay high. I just continue to do it and do it and do it. And that's when it becomes an issue. You know what I mean? So I think it's, it's for me, I gotta, I gotta be clear about that. It's not really the weed. It's the person for me and, and my inability to regulate things in my life, whether it's sugar, weed, you know, booze, name, name it, you know what I mean? And, 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 uh, you know, the, the balance of that is, is really tough for me. Sometimes it's pedal to the metal, baby, all or none. Um, anyways, here's the best part from Nick. I'm going to get that 60 day key tag at my new NA home group nooner meeting. So bro, congrats on that. He says, it feels so damn good. Thanks for being a big part of my recovery. Honored to have the podcast, you know, be able to, uh, to share some guests and some, and some, uh, some of my thoughts and experiences. So thank you for letting me be a part of yours too, bro. Um, 60 day uh, key tag, huge, bro. So big. Congrats again. Uh, and thanks for writing in. Um, all right. Yeah. And I think that's all we had today. So thank you guys for those. Um, if you want to write in, feel free. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. I read some of the iTunes reviews sometimes as well. Kind of trade out from those, depending on if we're having some guests or, or not. We, I, I just booked a couple of new, new guests. One of them, um, one of them, buddy and I are going to do, you know, I don't have the info in, in, in me, uh, or in front of me right now. Cause we just, and I wasn't even planning on talking about it, but since it's coming up, there's a guy named, um, his name's Bill. I can't remember his last name now. Uh, so I guess that doesn't matter because there's about a million billion bills out there. Uh, in any case, he wrote a book and, and my apologies for, for spacing on that and not having it in front of me, but um, don't apologize. It's a sign of weakness. See, hear my head, hear, my, hear how my head works. That's the things that go in and out of it. It's like two, two different people. Hmm. Two different people. What am I talking about again? I forgot. Oh yeah. Bill. Bill, the guy, the millionth bill out there, bill, 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 how many bills is there? Well, this bill, uh, I believe he's from Maine or Rhode Island, somewhere around there, wrote a book basically chronicling the history of how the big book was written, the history of Alcoholics Anonymous based on research, factual evidence, and uh, you know, everything in between dis kind of dispelling the myths and the things that have been, um, the things that have been created, uh, on top of that, that maybe someone might think, I don't have any examples of this is just kind of what I'm remembering from reading some of the bio and stuff that, uh, basically he did seven years research on how they wrote the big book and how the program works and how it's supposed to work, how it was intended to work. And if you're like me, I love history. I love learning about that kind of stuff. Uh, so I invited Buddy to uh, to come on with us. I think we're doing this show. It's still a ways out. It's not till next month, I think. Uh, but I think that'll be interesting, man. I mean, there's so much there's so much good stuff. It's one of the. I think it is the most um, top selling, if you consider it, self help books, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, in in history. So, uh, or if it's not the top, it's definitely up there. I think it is the top though, but I could be wrong on that. So, uh, my apologies if so. But um, 
yeah, we're going to do that that conversation. So look for that next month sometime to come out. I, I want to say late October-ish, I think, if I if I remember correctly. Uh, we're going to kind of break that down and and hear about that. We'll get to have a little, little history lesson, so that should be fun too. Um, all right, today's message, don't worry, be content. It's okay to be happy. Don't worry, be content. It's okay to be happy. Um, how many of you listening have struggled at times with worry, anxiety, or stress? Um, I know I have. I've struggled with all three of those and more. Obviously, substance abuse, right? That's the tool that I'm using to deal with the worry, anxiety, or stress. You know, that's why we turn to that stuff. That's why I turned to it. I didn't know how to deal with any of that stuff. I had no healthy outlets to deal with any of that stuff. So I just numbed out to it. I'm almost willing to bet, actually I am willing to bet that, that almost everyone out there listening has either dealt with one of those or all of them at some point or time in their life. Um, so when I started to kind of think about this, here's a few things that I've heard in my own head that have gone on. And then I also looked up like the top things that people have worry or stress about. And it was funny, almost every single one of them that went, that I had thought myself was also on the list. So the things that I'm feeling, the things that you're feeling out there are normal. They're very common for everybody. So if you're feeling alone in any of this stuff, the anxiety, the stress, the worry, you're not. You're not weird. You're not crazy. This is normal day-to-day shit. And if we tie that in with some of the digital stuff I was talking about earlier, you know, that that digital um, matrix almost, in my opinion, and I think there's a lot of evidence to support this as well. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not going to dive into it because that's not the correct way to do it. So I'll just kind of state from my opinion right now, my personal experience. I think that that plays a huge role, the lack of communication, the the digital um, space that we're constantly plugged into, the convenience of everything. I think that, and then and then also the mental health aspect, here's a happy pill take this pill and everything will be great. You know, and I understand because I know there'll be someone out there who says, well, that, you know, that works for, it does. There's certain people at certain times in their life that need to take some sort of pill or medication or something in order to um, help with whatever it is that they're going through or whatever symptoms they have, whatever. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to get into all that part of it. But all I'm saying is, It's useful sometimes. I feel like the majority, though, of people that are stuck on that stuff might not necessarily, well, I don't know what they might not need or they don't need or they do need, but what I will say is there are other alternatives to that kind of stuff, and I think that is why all that stuff I said going on, I don't even want to repeat it again now, but I think that that is a good example of why a lot of us worry, stress, the anxiety. There's a lot, like think about it like this. Back in the day, the only worry, anxiety, and stress that people had to feel, and I'm talking like long, like long, 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 long time ago. Okay, long time ago. So so feel me here real quick. All you had to worry about was like not getting eaten by a tiger or a lion or a bear, right? You had to worry about how you were going to eat how you were going to, if you had a family, how you were going to feed your, what animal were you going to kill so you could eat that night and not die of starvation? How you were going to stay warm? And, and maybe there's um, some wild animals that are on the loose uh, in, in your 
wilderness that you live in centuries ago, I'm talking, okay, again, and how you're not going to get eaten that night, how your family's not going to get eaten or taken. You know what I'm saying? That's some anxiety, worry, and stress. But here I am going into the grocery store worrying about if the damn bananas are organic or not. And that's stressful. That's de- I'm so stressed out. They didn't have these organic bananas. I'm looking. I mean, come on. It's kind of a joke when we put it into context, right? Not to say that there's not plenty of things to worry and uh, plenty of serious things that we worry and have stress about. Okay, so I just want to point that out. Here's some of the things that that uh, that I've thought and and that other people think and that have worry and stress and anxiety about. First one, what's going to happen tomorrow? What if we don't have enough money? How are we going to get through this? How are we going to pay this? Been there lots of times. What if I get sick? What if my spouse gets sick? Man, I just lost somebody that I was really close to. Am I going to lose my job? What if I go back to my old ways? What if I go back to drinking and using drugs again? What's the judge going to say at my court date? Are we still going to be together after all this? Will I ever find someone to love and someone to love me? Am I going to go to jail? Taxes are due. How am I going to pay those? What's going to happen to my kids? And here's another one that I've pondered on a lot. Am I a good parent? That can be stressful. Like tripping. Am I a good parent? How about this one? Will I survive this? Someone going through something really serious. Am I going to survive? Like what, what kind of perspective does that put you in? I feel depressed and I don't know why. I feel old and confused. I'm young and confused. Time is flying by and I need to do everything and anything to make sure I make the best of everything, even if it means overwhelming myself so I don't miss out and so I can make everything happen. Does that sound stressful? (laughs) I think I stressed myself out and gave myself anxiety just saying it, putting all those together. Do they sound familiar? Have you said any of those? I'm almost sure, you know, at least one of those has probably crossed your mind out there. And that's okay. Normal stuff, right? All of that stuff is all life, stuff we deal with. What's the perspective on it? What's your perspective on it? How do you get through that stuff? You know, that little voice inside my mind runs like on a treadmill constantly. And it's a lot of the time second guessing, it's questioning, it's doubting. It's exhausting. Like, I just want to sit back sometimes and say, shut up. Shut up. Leave me alone. So how do we find peace from this worry, from this anxiety, from this stress? How do we go about our day-to-day and enjoy the short life? Like, life's short. You know, our, our, our culture in America is one of the, you know, one of the cultures that doesn't really look at death for what it is. And I'm not saying that to be morbid or be a downer or anything, but like from a realistic perspective, like a lot of us live, like we're not going to die one day. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and to me, like, that's a waste of time. Like this life is too short to, to trip off stupid stuff. It's way too short for that. I want to, I want to laugh. I want to have fun. Um, I want to spend quality time with my family, with my friends. Like, isn't that what it's really about at the end of the day? You know, it's about service. Like I want to, I want to give to others. I want to help others. Like that makes me feel 
good inside. And see, even that goes back to me. We're selfish human beings. That makes me feel good inside. Well, what about, you know, what about the person you're helping? Does it make them feel good too? Does it make that person feel loved? Like that's what it's about. How do we get there? I'm definitely not there. Not even close. I'm trying, but it's tough. You know, the more I try to understand it, the less I know. The more I try to understand it, the less I know. And I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that. I have to surrender it. I have to understand that I'm not capable of understanding everything. But what I am capable of, check this out, is trusting God to know that he has a plan and a will for my life and it's being carried out day after day. And when I trust in him, when I trust in, 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 in the process, I can have some peace. When I know that I'm right where I'm supposed to be right where I'm supposed to be. Don't worry. Be content. I think there was a moped flying by behind me in the background. I don't know if you heard that. I'm almost, I'm confident that was a moped. I wish I had a moped. That would be great. I would be, I would be so content and happy if I had a moped right now. My grandma used to have a moped on Broadmoor drive in Napa, California. I always wanted to ride it as a kid, but I never could. She never let me. It was too little, I guess moped who rides a moped how do you get a moped i'm gonna look into a moped don't worry be content it's okay to be happy don't worry be content it's okay to be happy i know i'm diving into the bible a lot lately um and and that's that's where my walk is at right now i'm hungry i want to i want to I want to try my best to connect and have a, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there and I think people get lost and I know I've gotten lost in it. So let me just speak for myself in religion and a relationship with God, religion and a relationship with God. I'm not a fan of religion, of legalism, of checking boxes. I want a relationship with, with God. I want a relationship with my creator. That's what I want. You know, and 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 I'm on a journey to seek that. I don't even know what the heck I'm doing some days. Most days I don't. I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'll be completely honest with you. Completely. Like I have no there's a lot of there's fear involved even in delivering these thoughts and and feelings that I've that I've taken note of and I'm sharing them right now with with world you know what i'm saying like that's weird to me sometimes but like i have this desire to do that i can't explain it it's a burning feeling in my gut and and it's it's a burning feeling to share the word with others like and and that's the only way i can explain it matthew 6 34 says therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own. Let me read that one more time. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In other words, God knows our needs. God knows what we need. He'll provide if we trust in him. You know, I can't worry about the things that I can't control. 
I can't worry about that stuff. Like, here's a good one. Here's a really, really deep one for you, a really great one. I can't control the way Jess puts toilet paper on the roll backwards. When you got to put it on backwards and you got to pull it down from the back, it's not supposed to go down from the back. It's supposed to go over the top. It's supposed to go, oh, the toilet paper goes over the top. I can't control it. I can't control how she puts it on there. Now, that's kind of a goofy example. It's kind of funny. But it is true. I'm, what am I going to do? Force her to put it on? That's how she puts it on there. Out of my control. Why am I going to trip on that? Why am I gonna, I'm just going to... So here's what I do. I either switch it myself, which I, which I do sometimes, or I just roll with it. I roll with it. It's not hurting me. It's not, it's not doing anything other than annoying me. And I annoy myself because I'm annoyed by it. You know, I, I can't... Can, there's certain things in life. And, and like I said, that's, that's a very kind of goofy funny example i was trying to be funny i don't know if it was funny or not whatever it is something though that it's true and that it does does bug me but it's out of my control there's tons of things in our lives serious things that are out of our control we just can't control them i remember i got a red light ticket one time in napa and i didn't i didn't think that i and i was going to work you know here, here we go i was doing this and i could find excuses all day to justify it at the end of the day, I thought it was wrong that they had camera camera uh, uh, tickets or whatever where you could actually get a ticket and not just any ticket. I'm talking like a $500 ticket, right? 500 bucks or 450 somewhere like that. I was so been out of shape about that for months and it was out of my control. I mean, to some extent, yeah, I could, I can ride in and I can, you know, I can do the thing and um, you know, you can, you can protest, you have, you have free speech. I mean, all that stuff, right? Yes, I can do that. But at the end of the day, it's really out of my control. If the, you know, the city decides to put these camera lights in, come to find out it was unconstitutional and they ended up taking the, the camera lights out. They're not there anymore. Right? So if I want to, you know, ring my own bell a little bit, I was right. No big deal. But Hey, at the time it was out of my control and it ate me up for months. I was pissed about, it. I tried to write letters and I did do some of that stuff, right? Out of my control. I got to stop future tripping. You know, I got to stop future tripping. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself, right? Like, here's an example. What if I lose my job? I've had that one. You know, I work for a, a really big company out here in California, and they're going through some things right now. And, you know, there's, there's always a chance that you could lose your job. So that's one of the things, especially earlier in the year when we were in the early stages of, of this stuff, like, you know, that's, and it's still on my mind even till today, but you know what? There's nothing I can do about that. I can't future trip off of it. I can't control it. It's out of my control. Let me handle today's tasks and not stress over tomorrow's next week's or next year because I, I can't do anything about it. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't plan or have goals. See that that's where this one got confusing for me. Because how do I plan and have goals and have visions and, and want to be able to, you know, do things and, and, and plan them without future tripping and, and without doing all that stuff? Well, the, the thought that I had is, you know, like if I have goals and I'm planning um, visions and all that stuff that I just said, I have to limit my expectations basically. Sorry, I kind of I kind of got stuck there for a minute in, in my brain, not really being able to articulate what I'm saying, but I have to have limited expectations. I have to limit my expectations. Only faith 
And I know, and I know for someone who do, who doesn't, you know, have a, a, a strong belief in God or a relationship, this might, this might not make sense. And, and it, it, it's still like, I tr- have trouble wrapping my brain around it still too. Sometimes, even though like I have accepted God, you know, but like only faith that God's will will fulfill my needs, you know, is gonna, is gonna get me through that, you know, and my future at that, like, like God has a plan. Like this is a prayer that I say often, show me my will, grant me the power to carry it out. That's it. Real simple. That completely surrenders my day, my life, my day-to-day things up to God. Just show me what I need to do. And, and now it doesn't mean I'd be a lazy ass either. I still got to do stuff. And and that's, that's where I started thinking about this effortless, effortless effort, you know, and I got to give credit to buddy for, for talking about that. That's where I first heard it. I don't know where he first heard it. I don't know if he made it up. I'm not quite sure. I have no idea. I can ask him, but it's a great, it's a great two words right there together. Effortless effort. You know, what, what does that look like? Well, it's, it's going with the flow. It's not pushing, you know, it's, it's having a plan. It's having thoughts and it's limiting expectations and it's doing the next right thing. That's, that's easy right there. You know, when, when my days like that. And I, I remember, um, you know, when Jess and I got evicted from our house, right? This was, I was like, uh, let's see, I was less than a year sober at the time. She was nine months pregnant or maybe eight months pregnant right around there. We got a notice like a 60 day notice or a 30 day notice. I can't remember. Um, but we had no money. Like I was making like 17 bucks an hour or something. And in California, that is nothing. Okay. And I know, and I don't mean to say that to somebody who's making less than that because I get it. Um, you know, so it's not like a, I don't mean to, to, to sound like a jerk in that, but like really in California, man, like it is expensive to live out here. It, it costs a lot, especially if you got a family. So 18 bucks at the time and Jess really, and she's such a soldier. Like she worked all the way through her pregnancy, you know, trying to do her best and stuff too. But we did not have a lot of money at the time. Okay. We found ourselves with 30 days to find somewhere to live, a baby on the way, um, no money. You know, I'm trying to like stay sober. You know, Jess is going through her own stuff. She had depression and anxiety, like postpartum, like no other, and just a really, really dark place that was really, really not a good time for us. You know, just a lot of stress, a lot of stress trying to figure this thing out called life and family. Like Lucy, you know, was three at the time, really tough time. Now, how do you maintain clarity and stay sober and not self-destruct in a situation like that? You know, and I kept going back to like, when I think about it now, it was this like effortless effort in a sense. Like it was like things lined up Because I remember at the time when we got that notice, just surrendering it and just going, God, I know you got us. I know you got us. And it was this feeling. It was weird, really. Even when I think back about it, I don't think it's so much weird now because I'm starting to understand, you know, what it is a little bit more. And not that I understand it, but I'm just saying I'm starting to at least grasp the concept of it and that it's real. I don't know what it is, but I know it's real that feeling I'm talking about, God, the spirit, divine, whatever you want to call it, put your own label on it if that offends you or whatever, you know, if the God thing is an issue. But there was something weird 
where I knew that I was just going to do it. I had God have my back. It was effortless effort. It was a feeling of peace. Like I had, I hadn't felt before in this time of like complete disarray almost like I a hundred percent knew God would provide. Like I didn't. And, and here's the thing. Like I didn't sit on my butt either. I didn't sit on my butt. Like I got out there and I just got after, I started looking for places, you know, I started calling, I started, you know, just trying to do everything. I started planning like, okay, we're going to, we're going to move on this day. Everything was happening. And I just had this underlining feeling, <clears throat> excuse me, that everything was going to work out. Everything was going to be okay. And, and to me, that was God. Like that was God showing showing us that like, I got you, you know, that effortless effort when you trust in, you know, that, that, that my will is going to be carried out and I don't, I don't have to know exactly what's going to happen. I just have faith that it's, it's going to work out. Um, man, and that was like, that was a tough, tough time, you know? And so, um, real quick, just before I move on to like, we ended up, here's, here's kind of what happened with that is everything fell into place. Like he did provide, like God did provide for us. And it was just what we needed at the time. We, we had a good landlord. Um, you know, he was, um, he was an older dude, but loved, um, you know, had a lot of good values, man. I like, you know, he had his little corks and stuff too, for sure. But he was good about take like helping us and taking care of the place. The other thing was, you know, it was way cheap and it was like right in our budget, what we could afford. Like I said, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, it was in a good neighborhood right around the corner from our friends. We were by a school, by, by two schools, nice little trail. I mean, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. It couldn't have been more perfect at the time. And it was just what we needed. It was just what we needed. The funny thing was though, too, we showed up, we signed the lease and um, it, the, the, the guy's name was Richard good dude for sure. But we signed the lease and we're so pumped, right? We, we can't believe it. It worked out. You know, we just been through this stretch of like distress and whatever, you know, and it was great. And he goes, Hey, why don't you follow me to my house? And, um, you know, I'll, I'll sign, uh, or, or you just sign the lease. I'll make you a copy of it. And I go, okay, cool. So we walk outside, he jumps in his truck. I, I jump in our car or Jess and I jump in the car and, uh, and, and he takes off and I start following him and he literally goes like four houses down <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And it's like four houses, like on the side street. So like, basically he can walk right down the driveway and look right at our, right at our place, which was kind of hilarious to me. And he didn't bug us or anything. Like for the most part, he was, like I said, he's super cool, but it was just pretty comedy at the time. I'm like, are you serious right now? Okay. I guess we're not only are you our landlord, but we're neighbors, buddy. So, uh, man, but it was just what we needed. We have to trust. We have to have faith. We got to keep an open mind. Um, you know, even through those tough spots, we, we got to endure and know that, that things are going to work out if we have, if we have faith, if we have, you know, trust in, in, um, you know, in the process, I guess we're all in this process. And here's the good thing. We're all in it together. We ain't in it alone. There's lots of community and, and people out there in fellowship that we can be a part of if we step out and, and, and allow ourselves to be a part of it. Um, so 
Be content. Let's talk about be content a little bit. You know, I wanted to jump into that. Um, you know, and and, a, and I I found another verse that that made sense too. Is Hebrews thirteen five like keep your life free from love and money, or I'm sorry, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So, number one, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Like that's kind of what I was getting at a minute ago talking about the, the the place when we got evicted and stuff like I just had this overwhelming feeling of like I got your back and that was really the first time I'd ever I'd been told that kind of stuff before in church like I grew up in the Catholic church so you're told a lot of stuff You like, and I'm not dissing Catholicism or anything but there's a lot of box checking and a lot of very traditional you know kind of um, uh, religious stuff stand sit stand sit I'm going to church on Christmas and Easter. That was kind of the Catholics that 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 we we were growing up. And so I'd heard some of the stuff, but I never felt it. I had never felt that God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. God's always got my back until that moment. And it was crazy to actually get that feeling. And um, it changed something in me, even though I didn't understand it then and I still don't quite understand it now. But when I look at the top of this one too, keep your life free from love of money. Like what's the difference between needing money, wanting money and loving money. I had to kind of ask myself that. Well, like needing money, like I, I need money to like pay my bills. I need money for gas. I need money to feed my family. Um, like I need money. Like I need to, to survive, especially if I have a family, I have to provide for them. Right now. What about wanting money? Well, like, yeah, who, who doesn't want more money? Like, I'm not going to sit up here in front. Like, I don't want more money. Do I necessarily need it? Like, God's really provided us with everything we need. We eat every night. We have a, a roof over our head. Um, we have transportation. We have work to do. We have kids to raise. We have things we enjoy to do. But like, yeah, I still want more. Like, I want more. I'm not content with where I'm at. And that was, if you go back to last week's episode, that was what some of the things I was getting at is like that contentment. I'm always chasing, 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 chasing. And that is exhausting. It really is exhausting after so long. Like I, it's like, I'm learning how to be, I'm learning how to just be. And I don't even know how to dive into that more than just what it is. I'm looking at the clock right now. It's seven o'clock and I got a big softball game, a playoff game here pretty quick. I'm going to have to wrap this thing up quick because, you know, I got to go out and get my exercise with the homies and throw throw some balls around. But um, and then what about loving money, though? I, I apologize for that. I didn't mean to interrupt. And I, apolo- I apologize. I hope you accept my apology for doing something. <coughs> I'm sick a little bit, too. I'm not even joking. Got a cold. Not doing too hot on that. You can probably hear it in my voice a little bit. Got a cough, a little sore throat. But loving money. What about that? Just being in love with it. It's like first and foremost, it's the only thing I care about. I love money, 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 money. I don't think I have that. Do I want more money? Absolutely. (laughs) Do I need more money? Sometimes. But do I love money? Eh, I don't know. I mean, I love shoes. <laughs> Anyone else love shoes? I mean, that's, but I don't, 
I mean, I'm kind of joking around and stuff, but like I'm provided for is my point, right? We need money to survive. Sometimes we want we want money, but do I love money? No, and it says that in there. Keep your life free from the love of money. So if we're provided for, there's no need to love that money and make it an idol, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at here. We're provided for, and we should be grateful for that and what we are, what we do have. You know, being grateful and, and staying grateful, staying in gratitude for that. But how do I stay content with what I have when I always want more and I always want better? And I, I don't think that, there's necessarily something wrong with that all the time. Of course, we want to level up. We want to we want to advance. We want to learn more. We want to make more money. We want to do better. We want to we you know we want to do this. We want to do that. We want to try this. We want to try that. Like it's not necessarily a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is like when we put the 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 cart before the horse, I think that's the right term. When we're trying to do all that stuff and we don't have a firm foundation of God, community, fellowship, service. Like that stuff doesn't work. At least in my experience, it hasn't. And I'm still struggling with it. You know, so, some days, some days are better than others. Like time, money, cars, houses, clothes, things like just that stuff, right? It's all stuff. It's all impermanent. It'll, it'll always leave us. And, and eventually we die. We don't take any of it with us. But God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So even in death, Possibly there's something else, right? There's something else. And when I know that it helps ease the pain of all and not, not so much the pain, but the want, the lust, the, the love of money and more and stuff and things like, I'll give you an example. I want a 67 Cadillac, right? Do I need a 1967 Cadillac? No, but I want one. I've had this vision of cruising the hot August nights with my family and the caddy, right? Even Cash, Cash knows this and, and Lucy. They talk about it. We want you to get a Cadillac. It'd be fun. We'd have a lot of good times in it. You know, I thought about cruising the hot August nights with my homie Nick and his family. And Nick's got a 63 Impala. Awesome, man. I've been in some car shows with him. It's so much fun. It's definitely better than the last time I was in a cruise at hot August nights. I was 15 with my parents and my girlfriend at the time and my dad. Don't ask me how we're down by the nugget in Sparks, which is the right next to Reno. And somehow we end up in the cruise. I'm talking about the hot August nights cruise. You got behind us like this car shooting fire in front of us. There's like this other dope low rider, you know, and all these just super sick cars. And guess what? We're in a 1991 Brown Taurus, a Brown Ford Taurus. And not only that, I'm ducking down in the back seat with my girlfriend because I'm like 15 at the time. And people are pointing and laughing going, yeah, look at the Taurus. Look at the Taurus. Woo. Yeah. Look, oh, man. Can you believe that? Like, unbelievable. But pretty, pretty damn funny. Now, how do I? Now, okay. So that was a, that was a side story. I kind of went off on, on that there too. But so my point was I'd rather go with the Cadillac to hot August nights one day, but back to the real point, how do I stay content with, with what I have? Like, is it bad that I want Like right now we have a 2007 Chevy Tahoe and a 2014 Ford fusion, pretty standard middle-class vehicles, right? Both decent cars that get us from point A to point B, plenty of room, all that stuff. I don't need any more than that, but I still want a Cadillac, right? Is that bad? I'm going to say, no, it's not bad that I want to get a Cadillac one day. And one day I probably will get one. I don't know. It might be when I'm like 60, if I'm lucky enough to live that long, 
But is it going to fulfill me? Probably not. It might short term, maybe temporarily, but eventually the newness is going to wear off and I'll be on to something else attempting to fill whatever that void is through something else. It's impermanent. It doesn't last forever. What lasts forever? A connection with something higher than me. What lasts forever? Connection with my family. What lasts forever? My friends love that I love my friends, my family. That stuff, that stuff lasts forever. That's what's important. And that's what I'm trying to learn and live in today. I don't do it all the time. I'm not conscious of it all the time. So I'm not like trying to preach to you and say that I do it this all the time. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just pointing out these thoughts that go through my head and these thoughts that happen that I know I need to work on and continue to work on. You know, this is where I can find true fulfillment in this mentality, this mentality, service mentality, gratitude, um, trusting in the process, trusting in God. You know, I'm not going to find, even though it might, I'm going to love it. I'll tell you what, I am going to love a 1967 Cadillac, pearl white, baby, 1967 pearl white DeVille convertible at that. Okay, but. In the long term, I'm not going to find fulfillment in that. In the short term, sure, I'm going to have some good times in it. But if I look at it, on, I'm not taking it with me when I die. I ain't taking it. I might pass it down to cash, maybe. Although, if anyone wants to give me a good deal in 1967 Pearl White DeVille convertible, let me know. Still need a Cadillac someday. So, It's okay to be happy. This was the last part of this. I wanted to talk a little bit about this, and then we're going to wrap this thing up because I got a role to get in my men's softball league. That's right. We're playing. We're playing. uh, I forgot the team's name, but apparently they just drop bombs like every dude on their team just racks home runs. So should be interesting. Um, I pulled something on this. uh, It's okay to be happy that I came across Thessalonians uh, 5, 16 through 18, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, so, I mean, I just, even just the start of that, be joyful always. I mean, some would say, is that possible? It's impossible to be happy always. Well, you know, I don't know. Um, I could see that. I could see that point. Like, am I, what, am I just walking around all the time? Like we go through things. I think it's the intention is the way I took it. My, my intent is to be genuinely happy, genuinely joyful, grateful about all the things I do have. I'm giving thanks um, in, in all circumstances of my life. You know, gratitude. Um, you know, life, like life is so short. Like who wants to choose? You, like you can choose to be happy or you can choose to be pissed off and be angry. Like that's your choice. You know, I really, and, and my homie Josh and I talk about this a lot, like how we think we really both believe that God has a sense of humor, that he wants us to laugh. He wants us to have a joyful spirit. I mean, the word says that. I take things too serious a lot of time, and especially earlier in my life. That's why I love rule 62. Don't take yourself so damn serious. But when I believe that God is always with me, I don't have to do it on my own. And I can trust that his will be done on my life. And, and that's light to me. That's when life seems pretty easy. I can, it doesn't mean I'd be a lazy but dude either, but dude, just made that up. Don't don't be a lazy butt dude. But even through a struggle, I know it'll be okay because I know that I have faith in the process. I have trust in the process. Um, I mean, do you ever feel like you just can't be happy? Like I know I felt like that before. Like I'll be happy when I get this or I'll, I'll, be, here's, I'll be happy when I get the Cadillac. I could say that, right? 
I'll be. I'm not going to be. I'm. I'm pissed. I'm. I should. Have, I should have all entitled. Right? How many of us are entitled, dude? For real, it's bad these days. I'll be happy when I get this though, or when I find that special person, or when I get this job, or when I make this amount of money. I'll be happy. You know, fill in the blank to whatever that is that can apply to your life. It's we've all been there. I'm sure at some point. You know, I used to think that the only time I could ever be happy if 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 I was high or drunk too. Like being sober was whizzy. Who wants to be sober, bro? That's whack. Then I actually got sober and had to feel. That was a whole different story. I had to work on choosing to be happy. And still to this day, I have to tell myself, it's okay to be happy. I can allow myself to be happy. It's okay. I want to tell you today, for you, it's your choice. It's okay for you to be happy. Don't allow yourself to go into that mode of anger or resentment or name it, whatever it is that you're going through that's pissing you off or you're not feeling okay about what's going on in your life. I'm not saying you're not going through hard times. I'm not saying that I haven't been there and gone through hard times too, but we have to work through those and we do that through recovery programs, 12-step, community, church, meetings, men's groups, women's groups, um, podcasts, like resources, re educating ourselves. I mean, all name it. There's so much out there, but we got to get out there and we got to get after it. We got to trust in the process. It's okay to allow yourself to do that. It's okay to believe in yourself. It's okay to know you're good enough. It's okay to be joyful. Always, it's okay to be grateful. Don't worry. Be content. It's okay to be happy. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I hope something made sense to you today, that spoke to you today, um, that can help you in your recovery. I know that just being able to share this with you has greatly um, helped me today and just made me proud to be sober, made me proud to be a part of, of many different communities, um, you know, locally and in, in this weird digital space that, uh, that I was talking about earlier too. Uh, so love you guys. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, thank you for being a part of the podcast of everything. Um, it just, it really does mean a lot to me. Uh, check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Uh, connect with us on Instagram at Real That Sober Guy on Twitter at Shane Raymer. I'll try to check those respectively on the old computer. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean. <laughs>